probably the biggest supply and demand imbalance that we've ever seen in Canada. I think the cycle we're coming into for the next three years is probably going to be one of the best opportunities. You're finally starting to see the rent appreciation that we've been waiting for for, for a very long time. Today is going to be the last episode of 2023. I wanted to do a year in review, talk about the, the market, and also look forward into the next couple of years. Anybody that knows me um, knows I'm, I'm always super bullish and, and excited about the future. I'm a pretty positive person, but I would say ever since I've started investing in real estate, right now, I think the cycle we're coming into for the next three years is probably gonna be one of the best opportunities that we'll see in a long time. It's a cycle that I don't think we've seen for 20 years or so, and it's largely driven by demand. So looking back at the year, it was a pretty odd year where if you ask the average person how much interest rates have went up in 2023, they're probably gonna say a couple percent or maybe they doubled. And in reality, they moved half a percent. So starting in January, the rate was 4.5 and it's five today, but it felt like a lot because we were just getting the tail end of 2022 when interest rates did go up so much. In a normal time when that would happen, the prices, either cap rates would go up to kind of compensate for that and, and cause prices to come down. And this was one of those times when that really, we didn't see that happen. Maybe now a little bit we are, but <clears throat> essentially cap rates remain the same and interest rates went, went way up. So, you know, we used to buy at under 2% interest rate and, and the cap rate was five. There was a big spread there. You could make a lot of deals work. And now we're essentially buying at a, you know, just under a 5% interest rate and cap rates really didn't move. So you're buying at a 5% cap rate. It's a lot harder to make things pencil out. We didn't buy anything throughout the year. We, we looked at a few few deals. Um, we've seen a lot less deals than we have in other years. We put some offers in. Some were pretty close, but it was always almost like a stretch to make it work. You know, well, if we did this, you could, you could pencil it out, make the deal work. And we didn't want to do that. And I felt like there was a lot less room to work with sellers this year than maybe in, in previous years. You know, they didn't want to come down on the price at all. They were used to having it you know, a certain price that they had in their head. And, and that's fair. I think anyone who's been around long enough knows you're finally starting to see the rent appreciation that we've been waiting for, for, for a very long time. And if interest rates are at the peak or close to the peak, you're going to start seeing this gap where rents are going up, interest rates are coming down that any property that's, that's being held, as long as the demand stays up, it's going to be worth a lot more in a few years than it is today, so there's no use in discounting it and selling it unless you have to. And I think one of the reasons that we didn't see a lot of property start coming to market when debt came due, you know, if something was financed at 2% and the debt's coming up at, at 5% or 6%, you should have seen a lot more properties come to market. One reason I think we didn't see that happen was when CMHC came in with a new 50-year AM, 5% down loan that really saved a lot of people. If you can add an extra, you know, if you can add an extra 10 years of amortization to, to a property, you can get that extra cash flow. And even if the interest rates are higher, you can usually make it work. 
and then going to 95% said 85% gives you a lot of room to work there too. <clears throat> Even if your buildings were slightly less, you can, you can make that work without having to put a bunch of equity in. So I think that, you know, probably by design, they came out with that program right before interest rates went up and did, did help to keep the prices up. But even on the single family side, I don't think we've seen a huge surge of product to the market and prices come way down. And that's just due to demand. Um, and that's a big, big reason why I'm so bullish, you know, looking at the next couple of years is I think we're coming into probably the biggest supply and demand imbalance that we've ever seen in Canada. And I don't, I don't see the solution to really get out of it. You know, for years, Alberta used to move in. It was about 2.4 people for every unit we built. And in 2022, that number went up to over six. So six people were coming in for every one unit coming online. We'll see what the numbers come out um, in 2023, but I would assume that number is probably even higher. We didn't really increase our supply much. And I mean, we were breaking migration records here pretty much every quarter. So a lot more people came in you can see it in the vacancy rate. When I moved here, vacancy was about 7%. And then, then, you know, it went to four. They're saying it's probably around three today in Alberta. And in the next, you know, 16 months or so, it should be under two. And under 2% isn't really even a healthy market. That's, you know, really two, two, three percent I think is where, where it should be. And I, I don't see us getting back there anytime soon. We're there's just too many people coming and we're not able to increase supply. And that's a problem across Canada. You know, we built more homes in 1973 than we ever have since. And in 1973, Canada had a population of 23 million and it wasn't growing very quick. Now, you know, we have 40 million people. We're building less homes and we're growing at, at a lot quicker rate. We're, we're just bringing in so many people, right? We have they're, they're increasing immigration record are increasing immigration numbers pretty much every year. Um, they just announced they're increasing our international students. So this year we brought in 950,000 and they're going to increase that to right around 1.5 million. So that's 500,000 extra renters. Students generally rent coming into the country every year within the next three years. You know, where, where's everyone going to stay? We used to, in the year 2000, I think that number, the number of students we brought in was around 100,000. So, you know, by, it'll have went up 15 times and, you know, we're increasing temporary workers and, and all these things, which we, we need the workers, but we are also running into a problem where, you know, Canada's GDP actually went down last quarter at a time when our population is growing, right? So... If you imagine the GDP per person, it went down a lot, a lot more than than just the overall number that shrunk. Alberta's economy actually is growing. As Canada shrinks, I think it, it massively benefits Alberta. We're already very affordable, and that's why a lot of people are moving here. Now, if, if our economy is growing and, and jobs are growing, business investments up almost 15% this year in Alberta, you know, in, in, in Fort Saskatchewan, they're building that $10 billion plant, big projects are happening. And if the rest of Canada's economy is shrinking, I think you'll see even more people start to move here. And again, we don't really have a way to bring supply online. 
So I think you'll see rents continue to go up a lot. In Edmonton, I've always kind of been told we lag Calgary. We have a lot more supply here. We have more units. So we generally lag them by six months to a year. Now, I don't think we see this, maybe the same rents that Calgary has here in the next year, but we, it definitely will, will be increasing quite a bit, I would think. Um, you see the government try to come in with programs to help with, with subsidizing housing. I don't think any of those have really been very effective. And I think going into the next couple of years, we're going to see, you know, projects that were already online in 2021 or 2022, they continued to build them. You're halfway done. You have to finish them. I think now we'll start to see that slowdown of people aren't taking the risk of building when interest rates are this high. And until rates start to come down, we won't see, we're going to see an even bigger supply shortage because less and less people will develop until those rates come down. I do think too, a lot of people are waiting, you know, they're kind of using this to saying, well, interest rates are high, we'll buy a house or we'll get into real estate when interest rates come down. And I don't see that being the case. I mean, if, if interest rates went to 2% tomorrow, the price of housing would go through the roof because the demand is still there. So even in multifamily, sure, you're buying the asset and it should be in a good location, but essentially you're buying income. And you can't, if you can, if it has a NOI of 100,000 and you can finance it at 5%, you can finance a lot more at, at 2%, right? And the sellers know that. So they're doing the same thing the buyers are doing. If I go to if I go to my broker and ask them to underwrite something and see how much we can finance for it, the seller's already done that and, and came up with the purchase price. So they know what people can pay. So I think you're gonna see if interest rates come down, prices are just gonna go up and things aren't gonna get I can't see housing becoming very affordable for a very long time until we get supply online. And that kind of ties into one of the cycles I would follow. So it's, it's a 18.6 year real estate cycle. And that's give or take a few years. That's obviously an average, but generally there's, you know, from the last recession, there's 14 years up a flattening out period. And then there's a couple of years of just hyper growth and you can go back and look, you know, at that cycle and it kind of repeats itself over and over. And I think we're just going to be at the beginning of that the the last hyper hyper uh, inflation or or appreciation cycle and you can kind of see you know even the politically in the country i think a lot of that will happen where you know if we get rid of if we get a new federal government and they come in with all the like if pierre got in some of the policies he's talking about where you're making cities increase the amount of units they bring in by 10 percent a year or they don't get federal funding. Um, and I, I assume if the housing crisis is still really bad, they'll slow back immigration. And you can see where if interest rates go down, everybody's gonna start to build because rents, you know, you can't bring supply on quickly. It takes a year or two years to build something. Everyone's gonna be building because interest rates finally came down. And then if we start to limit the demand, if we start to slow immigration, and we're forcing supply, <clears throat> that's where I think that will be the end of the cycle. So maybe that comes in, in the year 26, 27. And again, it could be off by a couple of years, but that's what I would guess would happen is we're going to see 
a lot of growth in the next couple of years. I'm really excited about it. I don't think it's great for the country. Um, just it, it, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to struggle to, to find housing. But, you know, in a city like Edmonton, we're still so affordable. Rents could double and we, would, we wouldn't be at the level of Vancouver or Toronto as far as the average overall rent. So, you know, you hear talk even now about that they should bring in rent control here in Alberta. And it's kind of laughable because if, if people in Vancouver can afford, you know, to pay 70 or 80 percent of their income in rent and they make it work, I don't think it's comfortable. I don't think it's good, but they can do it. Why can we in Alberta not go from 30 to 40 percent of our income? Right. So we can, I guess, is the answer. And I don't think rent control will come in for a while, but. There definitely talks. You see the government trying to pretty much pull any string they can. So the federal government's talking about maybe federally putting in some kind of ban on Airbnbs. They've kind of changed the tax laws to make it a lot less, um, you know, to make it less appealing to people to do it. And that would bring on a few units, but that's really a band-aid. I mean, it's not, not a long-term solution. It'll bring in some units quickly and that's a one-time thing and, and that's it. Then it, Maybe it brings on 50,000 units into the country if everyone had to close their Airbnb. But a lot of those, like I know people who have Airbnbs in, you know, tourist places and they use them for whenever they're there and then they Airbnb them out for the rest of the year. It's not like those people are going to sell those to a homeowner. They're still going to keep them. They'll just make less money and, and people won't be able to rent them. So I don't love the idea. I've never personally liked the Airbnb model myself. But I, I don't think it should go away. That's just one of the things. I think it's the easiest thing the government can do. So again, I don't have the exact start date of this cycle. But it, it, you know, a lot of stuff I'm reading now says they are expecting rate cuts to start in, you know, as early as April. And if that starts happening, I think you'll, you'll, the, the price increases will start to come. Properties will start to go up in value. And they almost have to cut rates. I mean, we have in Canada millions of mortgages that are coming up in the next 16 months. That's a lot of people that had houses at two or three percent interest that now are going to have to put it in at six. That's a that's just too big of a burden on the economy. If if people are paying an extra couple hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or a thousand, depending on your mortgage, to going to just service debt, and that's not getting spent at restaurants or on vehicles or I think a lot of people for a long time, when their mortgage come up, you would get a, you know, a home equity line of credit or you'd pull some money out, buy something, you know, a bigger item that you've been waiting for. And that's all going to stop because that money won't be there. So there's a lot of any, you know, a lot of variable rate mortgages are actually negatively amortizing right now where your, you know, people have stretched the banks will stretch that out to 90 years because you're, you're not even covering the, the, your payment doesn't change and you're not even covering the interest anymore. So they're just adding, adding the extra to the price of your home or to the price of the mortgage. So I think you're going to see the banks are, it's going to have to lower interest rates just to accommodate that. Or maybe you'll see them start stretching out on residential you know, maybe we see 50 grams on residential stuff in the next couple of years. But again, that doesn't make anything more affordable. It allows people to pay more for a home and keeps the home prices up. So 
It definitely doesn't help with inflation and it doesn't help with home prices. It's purely a, a supply and demand cycle that I believe we're in. And I don't think any of these little things that they're planning to do will really help with that. So for me, I, I want to own, you know, I'm, we are looking at some deals now. It feels like the, the market's kind of coming around where people are understanding, you know, where prices are and you can make sense of stuff. We want to buy as much as we can kind of buying into the cycle. You know, I don't want to, nobody knows when the top is and, and no one wants to buy there, but I would, I would want to try to buy in as into that cycle, right? Get as much real estate as you can and let it appreciate through, through the last couple years of the cycle. And it was kind of funny. I, I look back in Edmonton, I think they started tracking this in 1962, the average price of a home. <clears throat> and it went in 19, 1962, the average price was around $12,000 for a house. And, you know, so think of that appreciation over time. And it really doesn't matter if over that amount of time, if the price went down for a few years, it over a long enough period, it's going to go up. And it's kind of crazy to see from 12,000 to where we are today. I mean, you probably couldn't get two windows for a house for that price right now. So things have definitely inflated a lot. We, And that's a big reason, you know, why housing goes up is just we're developing the dollar very quickly. We've printed so much money. So um, I think that's a reason why interest rates come down as well. They, the, the government has so much debt that, you know, very soon every single dollar from GST is going to just service our debt. It, and that's not very sustainable long term when our economy is shrinking. That just doesn't work. So they're going to have to lower interest rates, in my opinion. And I don't know when that'll be. They can't do it too quickly or inflation will come back. But anyways, I'm very bullish, obviously, for the future. I think uh, I really like multifamily. Single family never really has done it for me. It's just it's too dependent on you know, it, it, it fluctuates a lot more with multifamily. You are buying income, you're, and, and so if, as long as the rents stay fairly consistent, your property value is not going down. I mean, you don't, cap rates change a little bit, but, but very little. And it's unlikely that if interest rates go down, cap rates are going to go up. If anything, they'll probably compress a little bit. And that's obviously a, a big help to anyone who's owning the property. So I'm really looking forward to the next few years. Um, I guess we'll see. I have had a few people ask me lately if, if I would do one-on-one -on -one coaching or mentorship or put together some kind of a little group. And it is in my mind. We've, uh, I think there's not enough people that are actually operators and operating property and buying property that do the courses. I think a lot of courses today are kind of put on by people who are making money running the course. So I always have wanted to do that. It's something where you could help people out and and that is kind of in my mind so maybe in 2024 that'll be something we'll explore a bit more if anyone is interested just just send me a message and i can put you on the list if we ever do put something together you'll you'll be the first ones to know and yeah anyways everyone uh have a good holidays i know my kids are super excited for christmas it's always a fun time of year so we'll see you guys in 2024